Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Taste of Forbidden Fruit. I'm Andre, here with my co-host, Kelly. On this podcast, we tackle one of the oldest and most taboo societal topics out there. I'm talking about sex. As always, we'll start off with a little shop talk. After that, we'll have a very special guest joining us on the program, somebody very near and dear to me. And lastly, we'll have our very popular Take a Bite segment, where the panel will tackle one of the juicy topics chosen by our listeners. And with that being said, Callie? So how was your week going? My week was, was, it was interesting. It was interesting. So, you know, in Lemon Grove, we we're getting our roof done. Yeah. It needed to be done for uh, 20 years. So... I think more than that, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we had workers out. So, you know, on the outside, they have a scaffold that they have to build so they can walk up and get onto the roof. Yeah. So the roofers are there, and all week, you know, you can see them going in and out of the store, and I mean, I don't, boys will always be boys, they never grow up, you know, they can hear, on the roof, you can actually hear what's being played in the booths, so you can hear them up there from time to time, they're like, oh, Billy, oh, Billy, oh, oh God, no. Billy. yeah, Billy, go get my thermos, Billy, and they walk past me, they walk past me laughing, and then when I look at them, they just like kind of look down and walk out, you know? So anyway, there were a couple of the guys out at the truck, and I was outside drinking you know, some uh, medicine ball from Starbucks, and they said, you know, it must be pretty crazy around here at times, huh? And I'm thinking, man, you have no idea. So one of them said, like, yeah, the other day, I'm going up, it's probably, I get to work at 7, so this is probably 7.15, so the workers are already there, maybe around 6. So he said he gets, in, he gets to work, and he goes up the scaffold would get on top of the roof. He said when he gets up on the roof, there's a guy up there, there's a homeless guy. And he looks at the guy, he's like, what the hell are you doing up here? And the guy's like, I'm here to work. And he's like, what do you mean get to work? You're not working? He said, yeah, I'm here to work. Just show me what I need to do. He said, you need to get off the roof because you're an insurance you know, risk. And he was like, well, you can just take it out of my paycheck. Right? <laughs> and he's like, do people around here, are they like that all the time? I said, well, you know, they can't, they don't have access to the roof, but. <laughs> You deal with that outside, inside the store. You know, one guy, the other guy, he's like, well, I was looking the other day and this dude is just walking across the street. He drops his trousers, goes to the restroom, pulls his trousers up and keeps walking. And he looks at me and I was like, yeah, welcome to my life. And I walked back to the store and, you know, sat down and finished drinking. So how about you? What's going on over in the next spot in Point Loma? So I had a customer, I had a couple that came in they're regulars and they preview in booth two so there's another um guy in preview one so i have both both booths going and they're both previewing about i'd say probably about 20 minutes i look at my surveillance camera and i'm seeing this bellowing smoke coming out of the booth and i'm like there's no smoking in our booths. And they're like, we're not smoking. I'm like, then why did you say something? You know, I mean, come on now. Booth one comes out when when their preview is done. And I said, you can't smoke in the booth. And he's like, I, it wasn't me. It was the couple in two. So I waited for them to get out. And I said, there's no smoking. And they're like, we don't smoke. And I'm like, okay, well then why is there smoke? Do you smoke weed? And they're like, yeah. And I was like... Okay, there's no smoking of any kind in my store. So you got to be specific. Yeah, apparently, apparently, you know, they thought I meant cigarettes, not 
you were smoking. Now you're still smoking. <laughs> you're not vaping, you're smoking. The common sense of people. <laughs> just, I don't understand it. You know, told, someone told me not so long ago that sense is not all that common. So, especially when you're dealing in our profession. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not that common. It's, it really is not that common. So I want to ask you, did you watch the Oscars? I um, did not. You did not. Are you a comic fan? I am a very comic fan. You're like, who do you I like? know some. You know some. Did you see the most recent Joker movie? No, I have not. Okay. So you know, and I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody out there. I'm sure you already know. If not, for about five seconds, cover your ears. <laughs> you know, Joaquin Phoenix won the award for Best Actor, right? I did know that, okay. yes. Okay. I had a couple friends over, my little brothers, I call them, one not so little, Andy and Thurman. Shout out to Andy and Thurman on the podcast. We're watching Joker. Mm-hmm. And when I think Joker, <clears throat> I'm gonna date myself a little bit, but Caesar Romero, Felix yeah, Caesar, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and recently Heath Ledger, yeah, who's probably my favorite, my favorite, and you know I know you I'm not gonna agree with this, but Jared Leto, who I'm not a big fan of, but, I am. You know, okay, <laughs> I'll let that slide. <laughs> so you got Joaquin Phoenix. Generally, when you see renditions of the Joker. Mm-hmm. It's usually, he's already the Joker. He's in character. Yeah. So in this movie, they dealt with the conditions and the situations that led up to him becoming the Joker. So it's his backstory. Okay. Okay. A lot of that has to deal with mental illness. Yeah. Because we all know Joker's a psychopath and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it kind of explains how he, the road he traveled to get to becoming Joker. Correct. Okay. So Joaquin, he dropped all his weight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's got ribs showing everything. And I mean, he's getting his ass kicked like a lot throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Early on. So he's a failed comedian, stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And he has a psychologist that he goes to see. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he has uh, mental problems. And he goes into the office. And the lady asks him, so have you been writing in your journal? And he says yes. He has to keep a weekly journal. So she can monitor his thoughts and everything to kind of see where he's at mentally to be sure he's you know not teetering on the edge of suicide yeah. or what have you yeah. or thinking about harming someone else. You know, or his dark himself. passenger or whatever anyway. you want to call it. Yeah. He has the journal and he doesn't want to give it to her, right? So we're sitting there and we're all thinking he doesn't want to give it to her maybe because he's got something in there that might be too revealing, you know, mm-hmm. like as far as his, his mindset, what he's been thinking about. And she says to him, he's hesitant still, but she says to him, well, I asked you to bring the journal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why aren't you not, why are you not bringing the journal? So he's holding on the journal. So he reaches in his bag, pulls the journal out, hands the journal. As she opens up the journal, you see scribbling, you mm-hmm. know, you see some jokes, mm-hmm. right? You see just other like drawings, pictures, and she turns the page, and on the, that page, naked woman. Turns the page again, naked woman. <laughs> so I'm like, I like this Joker. So apparently, the Joker likes porn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he likes porn. So that right there said, okay, well, I don't know about an Oscar, but you know, maybe I'll keep watching this, right? So. I, immediately, my mind goes again back to the '60s. Yeah, cartoons, right? Because they were very squeaky clean, and 
things like that. Although most people say Robin was gay, yeah, probably was fair. But anyway, I'm thinking, what if Robin and Batman, what they would say if they had found the Joker's journal? Yeah. Because you know they're always looking for clues and everything. Like yeah. Immediately in my mind, I'm thinking if Robin is like, holy heinies, Batman. <laughs> Take a look at this, right? Like that's his kryptonite. Who? Joker? Yeah, like that, like the what? The porn, porn aspect is his I, I kryptonite. Don't know if it's his cri- I don't know if it's his kryptonite. Or maybe it's a center. I don't know if a beautiful woman could Well, it could be your kryptonite, but I mean. Or his center, how he focuses on yeah, yeah. not being bad, but being good. And, and she, that's the only focus. And she was a sister, too. So we had a little jungle fever. Nice. Was jo- yeah. Hey. Yeah. So I'm They're liking even more. Yeah, yeah. So still don't know if you deserve the Oscar, but you got more respect for that. So yeah. anyway, yes, there's the porn in Gotham City. <laughs> never look at Gotham City the same. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break here, play some bills. And as promised, we will have our very special guest. Stay tuned. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. As promised, I have someone here next to me that is very close to me. She has a BA in psychology. She spent 15 years as a K-12 teacher, and she spent over 30 years studying communications conflict resolutions and self-awareness tools and techniques. My partner, my girlfriend, my goddess, Diana, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome. Thank and thank you, thank you, so you much. for doing this. Oh my this. god, I love that that designation <laughs> goddess. Yeah, I will oh, take that god, every single Diana. time. Yeah. You're like check mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. He, he I'm got, beaming and I'm not even in there. <laughs> he, he got some points for that one. That, there that's, you go. That's for darn sure. Oh, fellas, pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Take notes. So, again, welcome. And for our listening audience, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, since I know most of everything. They don't. <laughs> he thinks he knows mostly I mean, everything. <laughs> there's skeletons um, in there. Oh, there, there, there's <laughs> women. You know, we always have to keep a little bit of mystery. You can't, we do. can't oh, yeah. reveal absolutely everything all the time. But one of the things, especially that's pertinent to this podcast, that... I'll be honest, I don't talk about very much because I learned really early on that it's not widely accepted. And when you have have grown up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is the home of the Amish. And oh, wow. Yeah. Quaker Oats, right? I did not you know guys. that. You know the guy in the oatmeal box, the Quakers? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Quakers, horse and buggy. Yeah, horse yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's it's a very conservative area. It is. Extremely. And I moved there when I was about eight years old. Before that, I lived in New Jersey. And as a kid, we would spend, oh, several weeks our vacation was at a nudist colony. 
we would, I, my, some of my earliest memories are yeah. running around with no clothes. I learned how to swim in the pool there. I yeah. must have been in my, I don't know, probably eight, nine years old before I ever swam with a bathing suit. And I hated it because it just, it didn't feel right. The The sensation of water on your body is just yeah. wonderful and, and freeing. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. Very. But people have these ideas about nudity and the human body and it just wasn't accepted. It yeah. was it wasn't it wasn't a safe thing to yeah. talk about as a kid. And even as an adult, I don't talk about the fact that I was raised a nudist. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny because I remember every once in a while we would meet somebody outside of the nudist camp. Yeah. Clothed. And I didn't recognize them because you learn to recognize people by their entire body yeah. as opposed to just their face. They didn't have that identifiable characteristic, in other words. Well, there's a vulnerability and openness yeah. involved in not having any clothes on that you just you, you don't find elsewhere. It's like it's the great equalizer because God knows. The people there, these were not models. You had all types. And we're out there playing volleyball. <laughs> okay? That's a cliche. And things are bouncing yeah. all over That's the place. That's usually what happens in a nudist. You play volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, really. <laughs> but thinking about myself, having grown up as a nudist, I didn't get the skewed idea of the human body, I mean, I never had a problem looking at naked pictures. It wasn't sexual to me. And I tried to pass that on to my son. But a lot of people, I mean, I encountered, and I still do, all kinds of people who, the minute you mentioned nudity or mm -hmm. being raised in a nudist camp or going to a nudist camp as a kid, they just have such a problem with it because for them, nudity equates to sex or sexuality. I remember when I was at your house and I was in the, the, the bathroom and you have books in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a Playboy. Yeah. You remember? Tell them real quick the story about the Playboy when you saw, <laughs> oh, now, my son's gonna everybody, kill me. Everybody wants a mom like this. Andrew's gonna kill me for telling this story, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. Right. Nice. Again, because I wanted my son to grow up with a healthy attitude toward nudity, towards sex, towards the human body. I didn't want him to think that it was a bad thing yeah and to hide it good job <laughs> well, he, he may or may not agree with you <laughs> but so my husband at the time liked to get playboy and we didn't hide them matter of fact they were as you said they're they're right next to the toilet you can read through the jokes are great that's that's not a cliche they really are they really are <laughs> and and they were available for my son to look at anytime he wanted to one day I walked into his room and 
I found a Playboy hidden under his bed. And How are we talking? Oh, he was probably about six years old, seven years old, somewhere around there. Little perspective, all right. He might have been a little bit older. Maybe, okay. maybe he was around nine. All right. But I called him out on it. I said, hey, look, you are welcome to look at these. Mm-hmm. But if I find them hidden, the only reason you would hide them is if you think that you've done something wrong or that there's something wrong with exactly. looking at yeah. these. And I'm also going to assume that if I find them hidden, you have questions or you're embarrassed about it. And so what I will do if I find them hidden again is I will bring them out, I will sit you down, and I will answer any question you have about this. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long it was after that I told him that, but I found him hidden again. And so I did what I promised I would do because I don't threaten, I promise with with my kids. Follow through. I absolutely, well, and that's the thing. A promise is something I always keep my promises. Yep. Anyway, so I sat him down, took him out into the living room, sat him down next to me. Oh my gosh, a more uncomfortable child you have never seen. But we, oh, very much (laughs) so. But I opened up the Playboy and we paged through and I talked about different things and asked him if he had any questions. And of course, he's sitting there going, uh uh, no, no questions, uh uh. Please, Mom, no. (laughs) And he never, he never hid the Playboys in his room again. But the point got across. The point got yeah. across. That's all that matters. The point got mm-hmm. across that there's there's nothing wrong with this. Mm-mm. And there's if you want to look at them, look at them. It's fine. Do you think that's why other countries? Because I mean, I went to Australia when I was in my twenties, and I went to a beach, and it was uh, topless. And you would have thought it was everybody was fully clothed. I mean, no one made a big deal or yeah. anything. And you know, in Europe, I know they have a lot of beaches where the new beaches, and they don't have and share the same hangups that we do here. Which one of the things I find funny is that behind closed doors, we preach this sort of purity and chastity mm-hmm. and so forth. And they have a lot of like politicians and so forth, which we know they're already doing dirt, but they will emphasize purity, a lot of that backed by religion and things like that. But when you look at shows on television, you see sex being sold. So yeah. it's almost like, I was talking, matter of fact, I was talking to one of the workers about this, and it's almost like you're telling these kids one thing and they're being shown something different with everything they see, and then when you tell them that this is wrong, don't do this, etc., and instead of sitting down the way you did, which is, uh, it's, it, it's maybe seems drastic, but hey, most guys probably be like, well, you know. I'm getting to see something. Or, or the do as I say, not as I do right. mentality. Right. And so instead yeah. of, it, it kept it kept Andrew from going to get the education somewhere else oh, where yeah. it wouldn't have been delivered in a in a healthy way. Right. And I think that's why a lot of, and I noticed even in the stores, you can see a lot of people are just, they're just, they're fucked up that way because they didn't get education. They, it was preached abstinence. And so they had to try to learn from another place and it wasn't a very healthy teaching and so mm-hmm. their views and ideas about it were were skewed yeah you know and so yeah. which is what I want to ask you the the big question as to why you're here is what's it like dating someone that works in 
an adult store. What challenges did you find in that? What challenges did you find that you, you know, pressure you put on yourself? And also from, you know, people you know. When we first started dating, you know, that can be a topic. Because you know very well, I didn't always just offer where I work when I would tell people, you know. No, I, the I, views I, are, yeah, you know. I, I know that and I noticed that. And the very first thing that happened for me was recognizing my own unconscious biases the things that got triggered in myself and as you mentioned i i shoot i teach classes on self-awareness i teach classes on communication and i am hyper aware of my triggers and the first time i ever went to visit you in the store i noticed as I'm walking up the door, actually, as I drive in and I park in front of the store, in front of the, the entire world, or so it feels sometimes, mm-hmm. I notice my stomach kind of, you know, a little tightness, a little apprehension going on, and I'm thinking to myself, wow. Like a quickness, like, yeah, you're, just, like, just, you're, well, like you're getting ready to either figure out the feeling you're feeling, or you're, like, uneasy. Yeah, un- uneasy. Well, yeah. It, it, like I'm there, I'm doing something wrong. That's what, yeah. That's like, why oh, we oh want my to God, take that. This, this is a, this is this is not good. I'm yeah. not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if someone sees me? Watching. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so I just sort of looked at that feeling and went, oh, okay, that's interesting. Hmm. And walk in, open the door, and I and and. I noticed that I was really quick to say hi, hi <laughs> to to establish myself and establish just why I was there. Yeah. That, oh, I'm 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 not here for any other reason <laughs> other than I'm dating Andre. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm here for him. Yeah. And I don't say that proudly. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, it's just interesting that walking into the store where my boyfriend works mm-hmm. is any different because it's an adult store than if he were working at a grocery store yeah. or a place that sold clothes or or any place else. Yeah. We do sell clothes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you Just do. terrifying. You sell, sell lingerie. Was there it, a pre- preconceived notion when you drove up like like a little pep talk inside your inside your brain a little bit? Not for me. I, I don't. I don't necessarily go through a, a pep talk. I'm more. I try and stay in the moment and just be aware of the emotions that come up. Yeah. And anytime there's an uncomfortable emotion. Yeah. That uncomfortable emotion is telling me that there's some something that I need to deal with here. Yeah. <laughs> and there it's was like definitely. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there were definitely uncomfortable emotions that walking up to the store and walking into the store generated, and I can't say that it's completely gone. It's definitely better. But the same thing would happen when people would ask me, so what does Andre do? Yeah. And. <laughs> Sales clothes. <laughs> and, and I know when we first met and people would ask him, he would say, oh, I'm in retail. Yeah, I and, used that for a while, too. <laughs> and I decided to take a leap and be vulnerable. I decided pretty early on when we were dating that I didn't want to 
feel like I was going to hide this. And there was a part of me that just sort of was thinking, you know what, if they can't deal with this, I, I don't want to say the word that's going through my head, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it out. Yeah, bleep yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't need them. Yeah. But it did require, again, there was that uncomfortable feeling. There was that quickness of how yeah. yeah how vulnerable do I want to make myself how much do I trust this person and if they decide to reject me or reject him based on where the where he works I mean give me a break but if they want to reject us yeah. based on that how how attached am I to this person and how heartbroken would I be to you know have them not be a part of my life and that was a real big one when it came to my own family. Although, knowing my family the way I do, mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, my parents, they're the ones who took me to the freaking nudist yeah. camp when I was a kid. So, I had a pretty, I was pretty confident that I could share where he actually works. Yeah. And they at least wouldn't reject us and if they had any uh what's the word i'm looking any reservations about me dating somebody who works there that they would keep those reservations to themselves and i'm happy to say that dre has been more than accepted by both my parents yeah and at least by all of my sisters my brother i don't really talk to my brother so i don't know he met you met my brother once. Yeah, I, think. I met yeah. him. Yeah, we yeah. were at your dad's house. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, we talked about it. He didn't. You know, my thing is, you can have opinions even if you don't agree, but as long as you're respectful about it, and he was. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he was respectful. So I understand it's not everybody's gig, but I did the same thing when I started working. Was is that even before I even filled out the application, I sat down and talked to my mom and my dad because I'm the baby, you know, and and I respect my mom and dad like no other. And I just didn't want to seem like they needed to feel disgraced or, you know what I mean? Yeah, shame or, oh, I don't want to say that my youngest daughter works at a porn shop. Now they'll tell everybody, (laughs) you know, my, my, you know, they're happy about it. But I just wanted to make sure with them, even, even before my when I was married, I didn't go to my husband first. I went to my mom and my dad. Right. And they were like, it's just a job, you know. But once you get into it and they start coming by your store, that's that, that goes into another uh, lane. Oh but I gosh. try really hard to veer off because I'm always like, my mom's like, oh, I love that and I want that. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't, mom, I can't even talking about it right now I feel like I'm turning red because I'm so embarrassed with that comment you know kind of thing but I mean I I, I, I have the same exact reservations when I came when I came too uh, yeah well and, because and, of society right and and the thing is I've had some of my friends whose reaction has been actually overwhelmingly positive oh, yeah. they kind of go oh really I've got some questions. Yeah, yeah. I did that too. I did that too. I did the, so what's the strangest thing? Or what have you seen? Or, you know, what, you know, and I, I come home and I tell them stories, you know, right. when, whenever yeah. I have coffee with them, I, you know, I tell them a story and they're just like, I, you have the most exciting job. And I'm like, it's not exciting. It's just, 
Yeah, I human. Remember, I remember once we were at your neighbor's house, and generally speaking, I'm the type. I'm the type that kind of just sits back and reads the temperature in the room. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't just talk the talk. I kind of listen to see what I'm dealing with. So. When Diana and I, and Diana's a social butterfly, she she can be the same one I am. But I am too. She she, she will talk and mingle and mix, and I'll kind of just sit back and you know listen. And so anyway, we were at our uh, her neighbors, and this was the first time I was meeting them. And you know, I think there were maybe eight of us. And mm-hmm. then at the very end, it was just the four of us sitting at the table. We were talking. One of them said, "So by the way, Andre, what what do you do?" Nope. And I think you answered. You said, "Well, actually, he works in an adult store." And his response was, well, why did we leave with that? <laughs> like, what? How did we miss that? <laughs> and we all started, you know, talking and iceberg. So it's, it's weird that it, the response, the answer kind of runs the gamut of responses, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your comfort level and your experience. You're, you're judging yourself. And right. I think a lot of people, that's what they don't, they don't understand and they don't get, but... It's it's definitely the ultimate icebreaker, and <laughs> or you sometimes you feel like a clown because they all want to take you out and you they want you to you know tell them stories and yeah and yeah. and do that and yeah. you're like I'm, okay whatever what am I gonna do? There was a point in time where I would not go outside. First thing thinking is the cops thinking I'm picking somebody up, and then it's a little bit of shame, but it only lasted for a month. Now I stand outside, and a lot of it is because when the people drive by. If they look at me, I'm like, yeah, I know you. I've seen you. I know you. I know you. And I go to different stores like gas station, hospital, anywhere. And I'll be in an aisle and I'll run into someone that I've seen in like booth five. And they put their head down and they take off, you know, with their wife there. They've so, done that to me too. Oh, they do it all the time. And, and that actually Gosh. made me more comfortable because a lot of people, doctors, I had a guy running out. He comes all the time. He went literally. Running, literally. Yeah. <laughs> he went running out and I wanted to, he dropped something. I wanted to give it to him. And I wound up shredding it, the information, but it turns out he was a, you know, a lawyer. A lawyer at a firm. Like he was, yeah. his name was on the, the law firm. You know, he was like the middle name. <laughs> you know? Oh. So I, you know, so you get all types of people that come, you know, come in the store. And, but it's, I, it's I, I bump into them at Ralph's. I'll be shopping for my lunch the and they'll be like, hey, the Kelly, time. how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't start talking about that, you know, that kind of thing. And then I'm like, eh, whatever. So you're going to stick around? Am I going to stick around? Yeah. We have we have a, a very popular segment coming up. We like your your input. Oh, I'd love to. All right, that'd be great. All yeah. Right. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're coming to the end of our podcast, but first we have our very popular take a bite segment, where Callie I and guests will give our take on a juicy topic sent in by one of our listeners. And intro it this way. So as you all know, yesterday was, as I call it, National Woman's Day. <laughs> okay. Or as Diana calls it. Oh, National Guys Get Lucky If They Do It Right Day. <laughs> you take your pick for which one you can Valentine's Day. I love it. So, of course. For me, it's Galentine's Day because I'm Well, single. yeah, see, National Day, exactly. <laughs> Galentine's Day. I go with that one, too. <laughs> So all week I had customers coming in and picking up Valentine's Day gifts. And on Wednesday, I had three young but of age girls uh, came through the door. So one of them asked me if we carry something called Build a Boyfriend. 
right? So I'm like, what in the world is a build a boyfriend? Build a boyfriend? I never heard of that. So I mean, we got clone a Willie and things like that, but I never heard of build a boyfriend. So I'm like, is that like a chia pet type of thing? Where you, where you spray it with yeah, chia seeds grows, and then all of a sudden it grows a boyfriend? So it's <laughs> a whole new different, I, different yeah, exactly. idea of growing. We all know what's, what would be grown the most, right? <laughs> I would hear, I, I know a battery operated boyfriend, but not no, build, a boyfriend. build a boyfriend. I've heard of build a bear. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 You yeah, know, no, Walmart build. has that now, not to be off topic. Walmart has had build a bear. I just saw it the other day. Oh, they wow. build a bear. Okay. So anyway, I'm like, what is, what is build a boyfriend? And my coworker says, oh, well, you might want to try some other places. I won't plug them. So they, they may carry that. And I'm thinking, that's interesting. And so I pull out my phone. Of course, you got to. Go on eBay, right? <laughs> I go on eBay and I find this thing. And it's actually, it's something that exists. It's a kit and it's actually called Grow a Boyfriend. You place the item in room temperature water. It begins to grow within two hours and it'll be full size in about 72 hours. Now, we're not talking very big. So when you remove from the water, it'll shrink back to its original size. And if you dry him out, he can be grown again and again. <laughs> okay. So the original size is two inches and it can grow to approximately 12 inches. So you're talking about an actual penis. No, it's like, like a little, thing. it's like a kit with a little guy and you pour water and he grows. So it's like a doll? Kind of, sort of, yeah. So he's kind of like those Disney. things in the 60s where you would grow uh, seahorses. Yeah, yeah kind of like, like the 12 inches, not I mean, it was like foot, so it's not really <laughs> big, but you know, it's, it's it's like a little mock gift. It's like a little mock gift, like build a boyfriend. You, know, okay. you pour water and you add, he grows. Right. Okay. And he grows out, he shrinks down, he gets what he grows again. So. Okay. Yeah. Is this boyfriend anatomically correct? I don't or? have one, so I. <laughs> I, I'm assuming so, but it does come in, in various colors. So we got your little race representation going. Okay. Yeah, right. so in honor of that, what I did was I said, I'm going to have Callie and Diana build a boyfriend. So I went and looked online, and this is according to the power of positivity, right? So I took the 10 things that women look for most in a man. Now, here's the catch. The two of you only get to pick five. So you got to eliminate some of these things. Okay. Okay? And we're not going to deal with anything that's not on the list. Because I can all, I know Diana, and I can already see. So I said, well, where is this? <laughs> I don't need that. Where's this one? So, yeah. so we're just going to go with what's on the list for now. Okay. And with these five things, okay. we're going to reveal to the audience what Callie and Diana look for in a guy. Even though she's already found in me, but you know. This is <laughs> yeah, watch it there. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I always feel like this is a test. Nope, I know, nope, I was nope. going to say the same thing. So here's That's yours. Right. Okay. And here's yours. All right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one by one and read a little bit about each uh, one of them. Okay. So let's do, we're going to do descending order. So we're going to go from the bottom up, 10 to 1. Okay. 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 I don't know how this is 10, but I don't think, actually, I don't think this is ranked. It's just the 10 thing. Number 10, actually, you know what? Let's go one since it's not ranked. Because okay. I think 10 probably should be. Okay. But I'm a guy. <laughs> so the first thing says he should be assertive. And it says, for a woman, assertiveness in a man can be <laughs> quite attractive. He's sexy when he knows what he wants. He doesn't buckle when challenges arise. And he doesn't hesitate to put someone who's offensive in his place. Okay? Okay. Number two, he should be stable. Women fall in love with a guy who is emotionally and financially stable and reliable. 
it's not shallow for a woman to want a man with a well-paying job and a secure mindset, especially if he's going to be the man who will raise kids with her. Mm -hmm. Number three, he should treat women as equals. The mentality that women are inferior to men persists today, even though women have been fighting for equal rights for decades. If a man values a woman's thoughts, opinions, and feelings, mm -hmm. then women know he's a keeper. Number four, he should be a good conversationalist. The ability to sustain stimulating <laughs> conversations make men attractive to women. It's a plus if he's got a healthy sense of humor to boot. Number five, he must have a passion. Passion isn't about how a man physically pleases a woman, rather it's about motivation or what drives a man to pursue what he wants. Number six, he should have compassion. Being kind and compassionate are two of the most attractive qualities a person can have. A guy who looks tough on the outside but has a soft spot for animals. Oh, Diana, that's one for her. <laughs> or the elderly is going to win a lot of points with women. Well, Callie too, you'd be. Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. Number seven, you should be self-aware. By nature, many women like to fix their man, and they won't have such a hard time influencing a man who is already self-aware. Number eight, he should have chemistry with her. No matter how wonderful or great a guy is, the relationship might not work out if the two just don't have chemistry and compatibility. Mm -hmm. Number nine, he must look presentable. While good looks are subjective, any woman would want a man who's presentable and who makes grooming and hygiene a priority. He might not necessarily wear the most expensive clothes, but he knows how to carry himself well physically. Okay. Number 10, he should be faithful. What woman doesn't want a man who's faithful and loyal, especially when the statistics of infidelity continue to rise? People who have been cheated on say that this is one of the most traumatic experiences to go through. No woman wants to be in this predicament, hence faithfulness in a man is a valuable trait. So it's five, you correct? Five. I, I, I get get only five. You so. get five, and at the end, I'll, huh. I'll say some some that you think should be on the list that didn't make it. Give you uh. maybe two, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh. Well, I, I I've got my five. Okay. Mostly, I don't, I'm, torn. I, I'm torn. I'm kind. I am kind of torn between compassion and faithful. Wow. So you didn't have faithful in the top five? I don't. I do. Well, you don't. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, in terms <laughs> of compassion and faithful in, in the top five. Okay. Equal treatment, I, I was originally including that in my top five, but in my mind, mm -hmm. the bottom line is equal treatment is what I demand. Okay. I wouldn't put up with anything other than equal treatment. So the idea that I would be with somebody who did not treat me as an equal is such a foreign concept that it's like duh. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I, I'm I'm not I'm so not like including a uh, that's a given. That's that's kind of on me. If I okay. I, I demand equal treatment, okay. therefore well, for this... A, a guy who wouldn't give equal treatment would not even con ever consider me. Okay, so by that definition, then, that means that it, ha it that has to be on there because we're not going to do givens. So we're only going to give you five. But so you have to add that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Because, you have to, it because makes, the you have to add, line... You have to add it. Yeah. So, so what you just said by definition is that that has to be there. He has to treat me that way or else it's a deal breaker. So that has to be one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, you fine. Kind of, you kind of, you kind of, of just, said this yep. is what I got. Just <laughs> yeah. well, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a no-brainer. I agree exactly. with you, yeah. but we can only so choose five. So it has to be one. And, and I kind of, you know. I agree with that. So it we got one. It should already be as spoken. Okay. You got one. Okay. okay. Has to be a good conversationalist. Okay. Two. Because quite frankly, Dre... You are gorgeous to look at. <laughs> Did you hear that, guys? But and girl, 
if when you opened your mouth there had been no substance behind it, I would have said, yeah, wonderful eye candy, not interested. All right. So that's two. So, good conversation. Absolutely. I do have passion pretty high because I have my own passions. I have my own life. And the last thing I need is a guy where I feel like he's, we have to be attached at the hip. Don't smother the girls, guys. I, I I need to have my own life. He needs to have his own life. Well, that and then, it makes your relationship more healthier that way. If you have things you have to do, and then he has things he does. You know what I mean? Exactly. Separate from each other, where when you meet, you're like, I fall in love all over again. Or he gives me that. Exactly. The heart palpitation yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Now, I am... Drake calls me a social butterfly, but I also... I'm a learned extrovert, and I do need my alone time. So the fact that he has things that he likes to do means that I get my alone. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I hear you there. Okay, so we got three. Self-aware is an absolute must. All right. Yeah, (sighs) self-aware. I'd be easier to eliminate assertiveness and stable. I'm stable myself, so that wasn't really all that... Yeah, I didn't choose those either. uh, Presentable, yeah, Mm -hmm. presentable is nice. I mean, he can't smell, but, or unless he smells really nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not into brand names or anything, so that wasn't real high on my list. Yeah. Of the others, I mean, compassion, chemistry, faithful. I have animals, so the guy's got to be okay with animals and... Quite honestly, if reptiles. If you oh reptiles, absolutely, I love reptiles. Ugh. But if if you don't get along with my animals, if yeah. you don't get along with my cats and my dog, then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a, a non-starter. So I agree with that. Uh, yeah. So I guess that puts it at five. But I mean, chemistry and faithful are pretty important too to me. So. So what's the fifth one? I guess compassion. Compassion. Although for for us, I think chemistry played a huge role. Okay, so we're picking one. Uh, but but com- com- chemistry is important. But we can have chemistry, and if the compassion, if the the love of my animals wasn't there, <laughs> then I would the chemistry would. Uh, who cares? Okay. It, that that I can have chemistry with other other guys. So compassion? But faithfulness is a pretty big deal for me too. Okay. So it's 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 And for it, me it's not. Right. Well we'll, we'll get to you. We'll get to yeah. you, Cal. Yeah. No, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's faithfulness within an agreed upon construct. So it, I'm not, when I say faithfulness, I don't necessarily mean monogamy. Yeah. I just mean Taking care of being being aware of what's important to me and making sure that he takes care of my heart. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that that I think is which could potentially fall under compassion. Yeah. So I'm gonna say compassion then for my fifth one. Yeah. So that's the one that I picked too. So Diana, we have good conversationalist, equal treatment, passion, compassion, and self awareness. Yeah. So the ones left off were stability, assertiveness, chemistry, presentable, and faithful. Okay? Time to grow your boyfriend. (laughs) So I chose uh, equal treatment because I feel like we both should be in the same playing field. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Good conversation, 
it's not really that important to me. It, if we, we have good conversations, then we do. If we don't, we don't. You know, I'm not, I'm not really into that. <laughs> um, passion, the definition you gave there, mm. I, definitely. Okay, you know. so passion is two. <clears throat> and then compassion. Okay, that's three. And then I need um, someone that's self-aware of themselves. Okay. And then my last one is presentable. Mm-hmm. Nothing can happen if you're not fully involved in what, you know, is taking place or I'm not just saying like um, if we decide to have a child, you know, you need to be pers- present, you know, just no phone, no computer, no nothing, be present oh, in the okay. moment, not, you know, you know, looking off somewhere else and not paying attention, you know, that kind of thing. Is that? No, no. that's presentable is just. Basically, that's how I got it. No, it's about appearance. Okay, same thing. So, so I I like them to look cute and they can sit down and look pretty. That's all that matters to me. Faithful, no, not really. I'm not really into. I've had both sides Mm -hmm. of a marriage that was faithful and then towards the end was not faithful. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any communication, which I wholeheartedly always try to communicate and Mm -hmm. be on the same level but when you don't have that aspect in your life you're not sure what faithfulness really is to one person might mean Mm -hmm. differently to you or to you Mm -hmm. faithful for me is like the cheating aspect right right yeah you know what I mean? Oh, totally. And, yeah. and I tell you, that whole topic, that's a subject for another podcast. Yeah, the yeah. difference between faithfulness <clears throat> and good communication. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I met, I brought up good conversationalists. It's yeah. not just the being able to talk about anything you know, or, or you know, converse on specific topics, mm-hmm. but it's being able to communicate about those those things that are really important to us to to our hearts and to especially be able to communicate even when we're triggered and that's a whole other my my mom and dad when i got married my mom and dad said i don't care if you hate him always communicate you may hate that person oh i hate you you're but always communicate you know and and never be you know keep your guard down because as soon as you keep your guard down and you don't want to talk anymore it's over there's no there's no one you mean guard up yeah guard up that's no there's no one fighting for anything anymore right yeah yeah all right well what you think did we pass Oh, what's it? <laughs> Can we ask what yours is? Uh, or is mine is sitting right you? here. <laughs> that being said, another thing about a guy is you gotta you gotta know what to say and what not to say. Timing is everything. Pick your battles. That's right. I know where to leave the stage. <laughs> You're like this mic is off. Uh, so again, thanks everyone for tuning in. That was. That was a really, really good episode. So thank, so thank you for listening to Taste of Forbidden Fruit. You can follow us on Instagram. You can also follow our podcast on Spotify. Just hit follow. You can also follow me at Mo Cali on Instagram. And you can come and see Andre 
at Video Exchange 7656 Broadway in Lemon Grove. And then at Fantasyland at 1157 Sweetwater Road in Spring Valley. I don't know who does Mercury Books. Yeah. Mercury Books. Oh, uh, Balboa? Yeah. That's Gloria. Um, Gloria at 8081 Balboa Avenue in San Diego. And Ken's in Claremont. Mm -hmm. So Claremont Video, 7435 Claremont Mesa Boulevard. And you can check me out at Xbot at 3606 Midway Drive in San Diego. All right, everyone. Thanks again for and listening. And thank you so much for Diana. Thank you, Diana. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.